Hey, Anthony, it's that time again. To finally go back to a movie theater? Yeah, yeah w- wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast. Oh, 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 oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week. Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget. Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Double Feature Versus where we have double the movies, double the... I I don't think this was a good idea, Brad. Yeah, yeah, I kind of... I kind of regretted this one after we started it. <laughs> I don't think this was a good idea. One of these films I I loved seeing, and it, and it, and it just fulfilled it fulfilled my dreams. And um, I hope you feel the same. But the other film, I was like, man, why did we spend half an episode talking about this? Yeah, there's there, there's definitely one of these two that uh, falters way below anything I could have expected. <laughs> Look, man. Uh, let's let's get it out the way. Um, I think we should start with um, we should start with the movie that's just straight up bad and not that entertaining, and go to the movie that's bad but wildly entertaining. Uh, let's get Jujitsu out the way, man. Yeah, we and, need to, cause there's really not much to say about this one, sadly. Like typically, you... we we can talk about a movie for a little bit, but this one, I really have almost nothing to say beyond it, this movie just was boring okay all right all right so let's 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 take it back let's take it back so this movie is about um <laughs> I can't even what this movie is about i can't even explain what this okay so about. the movie is about a alien that comes every six years that is from some time in the past uh i'm sure they say it in the movie but i don't remember when uh came to earth and taught everybody jujitsu uh apparently they didn't teach him real jujitsu because there is absolutely no jujitsu in this movie uh there's a lot of karate and wrestling in this movie but there's no (laughs) jujitsu so apparently this alien was terrible at teaching people jujitsu but one of the people that uh, knows about this alien that comes to fight people for some reason every six years, uh, he's got like a weird like predator motif to him that he can like turn invisible and stuff, but he never uses that after the first sequence of the movie. Uh, he also can like heal himself, so he's basically nigh invincible uh, unless you have an arrow. Uh, in which case it just blows a giant hole in his chest and Nick Cage is in this look guys um, Nick Cage is our guy you guys know this from our first episode he's our guy um, but this this film broke the cardinal rule of having Nick Cage in your film if you're going to have Nick Cage in your film you need to use him to his full potential don't just put him in 40 minutes of the movie and then just leave it at, oh, well, hey, look, here's Nick Cage. Like, you need to use the full potential of Cage. He was um, maybe in this movie for the, what is this movie, like an hour and a half runtime? Yeah, and should have been shorter. It, oh, by far it should have been shorter. And out of that, Nick Cage is in maybe like 10 minutes of it? He's got a little scene, or he has like one line of dialogue near the beginning. 
Then he has All like right. a five minute scene in the middle, and then he has like a five minute fight sequence at the end. And it's just all wasted. It, it's all wasted Nick Cage time that you could have put into this movie. Let me uh, tell you something, man. It, th- this film had all the right ingredients to be a great bad film. You, you Listen, you had Nick Cage who, if you give him the right material, he can turn anything bad into something entertainingly bad. Or right. something. Or, or, he could turn anything bad into something entertaining to say the least. You have Frank Grillo, who is a great action star. Tony Ja, a great action star. He is you an had- amazing karate like kind of movie person. Yeah. When I saw he was in this movie, because I love karate movies, and I right. saw he was in this movie, and I was like, okay, this is going to have some amazing fight scenes in it. This might not be a good movie, but it's going to have some... No, no, they're not going to have him do any amazing fight scenes. They're just going to have him do wrestling moves the entire movie. You, you got a royal flush. You got these great stars who you can have fun with, you know, who don't who don't they, they, they don't always choose the films that are too serious. You know, Frank Grillo knows how to have fun. Tony John ja knows how to have fun. But it's like this film just dropped the ball. And it, it just it, the worst part is it tries to like do this. It, it does the worst thing that a movie that's trying to, you know, be a lighthearted bad movie and it does mm-hmm. full exposition dumps with no oh. purpose. And it's just comic so book boring to... It, I'll say, the comic book transitions, I kind of like that style. I didn't like it in this really? movie, but I like that style. Because when they did it in like the movie 300, I like that. Uh, they've done it in other kind of like shows and movies and stuff. And I like that kind of style where it goes like the drawn out kind of scene and then like kind of smoothly transitions to the real thing. I I like those kind of transitions. They look nice when done right. Uh, Here they did not look like they were done right. (laughs) You know, this film is based off a comic book. Is it based off a comic Uh, book? Yeah, co-written by the guy who um, uh, co-wrote and directed this film, Dimitri Logothetis. Look, man, um, here's my test for if a movie is too bad that I kind of just want it to end. Uh, if I'm looking at a movie, like, and it doesn't matter if it's a bad movie. If, if it has me at least engaged, I'll be engaged. But if I'm pulling out my, my phone and I'm more entertained by videos on my phone than the movie that's on, that that proves this is bad. Yeah. Like, I, I watched half of this, um, I want to say it was either Friday or yesterday. And I finished the other half this morning, but I told my wife when I woke up, I said, I said, I really don't want to watch this shit. But I told Brad, we'll watch it. <laughs> she <laughs> said, and she says, oh, it's a good movie, though. It has ninjas. I said, ninjas does not make a movie good. This movie <laughs> proves that it does not make a movie good anymore. I did not want to finish this movie, but I'm, I'm, you know, we're dedicated to the show and we owe it to the people listening. I watched it and I'm like, oh, boy, yeah, I can't I can't recommend this again. Yeah, I remember when I was watching it, uh, there's a couple points where I just paused it. I just walked away for a bit because I was just like, this is just, I'm I'm bored. It's not even like this is like getting me like frustrated or it's like a bad movie. It's just boring. There's nothing happening. And even when there is something happening, there's nothing happening. The, the final fight scene between the alien and Nicolas Cage, I'm like, Nicolas Cage, uh, like, whoever was going to win this battle, I'm like, they should have died already. Like, they were dragging this out for so long. Yeah. And I'm like, just get to the kill get to the kill switch. Like, really? Like, you're dragging this out. Not only that, but it, 
the constant jump cuts to like show that uh you know to try and hide the fact that they had a stunt double doing most of this work like i believe that nick cage actually only filmed about like three minutes of content for this movie and the rest of it was his stunt double and it's just so blatantly obvious every time they switch to it because this stunt double isn't even like the same size as Nick Cage. Like all of a sudden Nick Cage gets shorter and he changes like shape and everything. Man, I didn't even pay attention to that, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. And then uh, the blood effects on it too, where it's like just geysers. And it's like, that's not how blood work if you cut your ankle yes it's gonna bleed but it's not gonna geyser out of your ankle like that uh what were the other ones the neck and stuff like that it's just like ah this is just pointless why are you doing this nick cage did have one line that made me laugh though uh nobody ever knows what i'm saying (laughs) that made me laugh it wasn't a lot to this that would make me laugh, bro. I'm gonna be honest. It, it it wasn't a lot to this that would make me laugh. Yeah, that that was the only thing that got me to laugh is just because it was so on the nose for Nick Cage to have be saying that. Let me tell you something, man. There's a bad movie I was watching with my wife the other day. I'll talk about it later. But it was a Bruce Willis film that was direct to DVD, well, direct to uh, video on demand that I was watching. It was bad. But I'd rather we had watched this instead of Jujitsu. I was like, you know what? That was a bad movie, but it kept me entertained. Yeah, it was an entertaining bad movie. This was just this broke the cardinal rule of using Nick Cage. If you got it, if you're gonna use Nick Cage, you're gonna use the Nick Cage that goes A B C D E F. Don't just use a Nick Cage that's just sitting there like a Steven Seagal, just like. You know, just just moving his arms and the stunt double was doing all the work. Don't yeah. Don't turn Nick Cage into a Steven Seagal. He's more talented than that. Don't do that to him. Yeah this this movie was a, a waste to say the least. Uh, it, it's it's got the perfect like cheesy movie plot. It, it's got Nick Cage. It has Tony Jaa. It has it. It should have been a karate movie, not called Jujitsu. It's it, it it has all the pieces, but the problem is they lost the box, lost half the pieces, and then they kind of just glued the pieces together that they think fit right, and they just made a mess. Look, we know this is a bad movie, but on the entertaining scale of being an entertaining bad movie, I look because of Cage, I was gonna say one point five, but straight up one out of five. Yeah, this is a one out of five for me. Uh, I don't want to give a movie a zero out of five, but it, this one was tempting me to go zero out of five. I ain't gonna go zero. I ain't gonna go zero, but definitely one. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It was it, bad. It, wasn't that it bad. was. It wasn't even just that bad. It's that it's boring. There's nothing yeah. entertaining about it. <laughs> uh huh. Um. All right. So uh, now that we got that, we just need to get that out the way. Just so we can talk about the real hero of this story. Let's talk about the real hero of this double feature, man. And I'm so glad we made the decision for this one. Um, the Velasi Pastor. Now, for all my, for all, for everybody out there that hasn't watched this yet, uh, you know what? Before you even hear the pitch, um, if you want to pause this episode and just watch it, 
come back to us about 90 minutes later, uh, you you won't you won't regret it. 75 minutes later, it's not even that long. Yeah, it's but, um, just it's, over an hour. <laughs> yes. So this film follows a pastor who, um, after a tragedy, um, he uh, becomes infected by an artifact that turns him into a dinosaur that uh, kills ninjas. Yes. Period. Point blank. Um, that's the synopsis. It's what follows. Uh, is it, how the synopsis plays out that makes this movie so great. <laughs> so, so let's just get how the movie starts. Because that is what sold me on going, oh, this is going to be a great movie right away. Me too. Is It starts off with us being introduced to the pastor and he's walking out of the church and in the worst acting possible, he just goes, mom, dad, hi. And he just starts waving and then it cuts to... uh, two people standing next to a car and they're like son and then they just start waving and it cuts back and forth to them waving for a good solid maybe 30 to 45 seconds it's just them waving and it cutting back and forth between them and then i don't remember if they put an explosion sound effect in there or if they they did did they put an explosion okay so then there's the explosion sound effect and then it pans back to the pastor going no and then it pans back to where they were but it's an empty street and it just has the words vfx car crash or car fire (laughs) just on like just text saying vfx car fire (laughs) that's the exact moment you know this movie is something special and i'm like dude i'm gonna love this yeah that that was the moment where i just went Okay, this this has my full attention now. I you've already pulled me. It's only been a minute and this movie's already pulled me into my full attention. This is going to be amazing. My my wife was passing through and she saw that and she said VFX car crash. She says, "What? Where's the car crash?" <laughs> it's like, "Like, where did you find this movie?" Like she was even stuck like, "What?" Yeah. I, I, I'm like, "Man, dude, this is um I knew this was going to be something special, dude." And, you know, this film, um, you know, you can tell that the guy who made this film, Brandon Steer, he he intended for this to be a great B movie. Oh, 100%. He intended for this to be something you can laugh at and have fun with your friends. Like, this is like when you have a bad film like this that's intentionally bad and entertaining, you've uh, you've landed the mark. Yeah. You 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 you've you you you've hit the landing. Um. Because even the scene right after when he's talking to the, um, I guess the head pastor, he says, "Parents die. That that happens. You live with it. You move on. <laughs> have some more wine. <laughs> right. Have some more wine." And then he asks, "What are you gonna do?" He says, "I'm gonna go to China, or something like that." Yeah. And then the credits start. <laughs> yeah. There's just, uh, the the movie is so good. Uh, not only that, but when he's going to China. Uh, it just cuts to like this woman running, holding this like stone or something like that, and she's right. getting attacked by somebody. And you see him, you know, just happen to be out in the wilderness. What was he saying? He was saying like some nonsense. You know, man, it's good to be out here in the wild where it's free. Like he was saying like the cheesiest lines possible. I loved it. And just the woman just comes into frame, just falls before him, and he just is like, oh. <laughs> it's just, oh, every part of this movie is great. I love it all. It's just, 
it it's perfect. Let's let's talk about the the hooker with a heart, uh, Carol. Yes. When he, when he meets Carol, and uh, he sa- saves her from uh, he he saves her from getting hurt, which is where he first turns into the dinosaur. Um, and they wake up the next morning, and you know he's a pastor, so he thinks he just has sex, and he says, "Oh no, I've sinned." And he and he's like, he's like, what's he said? What what did he say? What did he say? Uh, was was it good for you or something? And, yeah. Uh, and she was like, "Well, it was memorable." He <laughs> says, "Oh no!" She's like, "Wait, what do you think happened?" He says, "We we had sex, didn't we?" No, you turned into something and killed somebody. Or no, <laughs> was this your first time? Yeah, this was my first time seeing somebody turn into a dinosaur and kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, one of the funniest characters ever. Her pimp, uh, Frankie Mermaid. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like even the, even the scene where she meets up with him and he smacks her. The scene before they cut to her being smacked, he doesn't even like he doesn't even like throw his hand that hard. He just like kind of just waves it, <laughs> and all of a sudden she gets smacked in the next shot. <laughs> yeah, there's. <sighs> this is a masterclass of comedy right here. It is. Uh, it is. Like even the like special effects and everything are just so on point. Like it, him turning into a velociraptor, they literally just gave him dinosaur kind of gloves, and he just <laughs> wears those. And literally, that's all it is. He just wears dinosaur gloves, and it's it's beautiful. I love it so much, and I want more of it. <laughs> Oh yeah, they said there's already he's already uh thinking about making a sequel, man. Um I I wanted to talk about uh uh oh there was a funny scene. The flashback. Um the head pastor, or I don't really know what I should call him, Father Stewart. Um I think he was like reflecting on a Vietnam flashback or yes, something. Yes, the the war. <laughs> so that was hilarious. You're talking about when uh the girl in the forest uh, that comes up to it. I can't remember. Was that his wife or girlfriend or something? Or uh, that was his. Uh, uh, that was his buddy's. Um, like that. Yeah, I think that was his love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was his love interest of some kind, and it, it's just wonderful because she's just wandering around in the forest and runs into him. And then just comes running up to him. And then right before she gets to him, she just explodes. And it's just the greatest blood effect ever. Because it's literally like somebody just took a bucket of like uh, red dyed kind of, I guess, water or something. Right, and right. just splashed it everywhere in the entire scene. So it's on the house behind them. It's everywhere. Except for on these two people that are standing right behind them. They're completely clear of it. Which makes it even better that it's literally everywhere except for on them when they were standing right behind him. And they just go, oh, another one of those Vietnam bombs. Yeah, that'll do it. I don't think there's any saving her now. She's too far gone. <laughs> and there's like nothing left of her. It's just literally a pool of blood that's surrounding them. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this film has so many gold mines. And it, it, it even has like crazy out of nowhere plot twist that even when it's explained you're like what like the um his uh the main character his brother 
uh, turns out to be uh, the the guy on on the side of ninjas that's um that's like that's, that's out to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the flashback where the parents are like, "You're my only son." They we go in the back seat and see the brother making the mean face. <laughs> I, I just think it's great. This movie is great, man. Yeah, I'll say this about the movie. Uh, a lot of the plot, I was not following at all, but I was having a blast <laughs> watching it anyway. <laughs> it, it's, it's not even important. Right, it's, it's that's what it comes important. down to. Like, I know that there were ninjas. I don't remember why the ninjas were after him, but I know that they were after him, which caused him to fight them, which was great. I loved it. Uh, I, but, yeah, if you were to, like, go, so what was the plot of the movie? Uh, this dude becomes a dinosaur and he fights ninjas. Yeah, but what's the plot? That that's all I remember, man. I don't know what to tell you, but it's great. Watch it. That's the plot. <laughs> that's, that's the plot. Literally the plot. There's nothing else you can say. Um, yeah, man. This is just a film to just like watch with your friends and have fun. Uh, I love this film, dude. Like, this gave me room vibes. I know when I first watched the room, like, um, and we gotta do an episode of that one day. Uh, but when I first watched the room, I just knew within like the first ten to fifteen minutes, like. Okay, this is gonna be something. This is gonna be something different. Yeah. And this film gave me that that same feeling. Um, only difference here is that it's intentional. For me, this came off as like something uh, heavily inspired by uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist or Shaolin Soccer or something along those lines. Dude, Kung Pao Enter the Fist is so underrated. I love that film. Oh, it's so. I wouldn't even say it's underrated. Plenty of it's got a cult following. It's I, not I'm sure it does. Yeah. It, I'm sure it does. Yeah, but uh this this heavily reminded me of that movie. Like if you liked Kung Pao Enter the Fist and Shaolin Soccer and you were iffy on this one, you will like it. It's it's a guaranteed you will like it cuz that's the first thing that came to my mind when I was trying to think of like movies to compare this to is just Kung Pao Enter the Fist right away. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, I, bravo, man. I I enjoyed this film. Uh, on the entertaining scale, I eh, could this be the perfect five? I think this has potential to be the perfect five with time. But off first watch, I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, this is a four out of five for me. It's it's way up there. It's amazing. I love it. I'm definitely recommending it to people. That's for sure. Uh, especially people that love the, like the bad comedies and everything like that, because I can see a lot of people right. watching this and going, "This is just bad. This isn't, you know, I don't get it." And it's like, no, that's that's the point. It's supposed to be bad. <laughs> you definitely gotta know your audience, though. You gotta. Yeah. It has to be somebody that likes good bad movies. If they don't like bad movies, they're probably just gonna be mad at you. Honestly, the dialogue is what makes this. It's the terrible like the intentionally bad acting that comes along with it. Like the scene between the pastor talking to him after his parents died is parents just die. That's what they do here. Have some more wine. And there's just absolutely no like inclination of acting in that scene whatsoever. It's just people reading off words on a piece of paper. And I love it. And it's exactly what it's going for. It's not even like it's accidental. It's exactly what it's trying to do. But then it also has like the overacting people, like the pimp when he's doing the confessional, and it's just like, oh, this is so good. I l- like they know where to put the right kind of acting in every kind of scene. 
Uh, cause that one, he's going, oh man, well, let's just go through the last four days. I, uh, stole candy from a baby, then I threw that baby in a river so it couldn't snitch, and it's just, I, I love it so much. It, it's such a good movie. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I very much enjoyed this, and it goes without saying, uh, Vilasi Pastor over Jiu-Jitsu, today, tomorrow, forever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Velocipaster is going to go on my list of movies I recommend to people watch. Uh, it's it's on there now. This is this is defined moment of a new movie making that list. Because it's just... Like, even the end scene with the doctor where he like comes into the waiting room with the pastor and he just grabs the ashtray, pulls a cigarette from the ashtray, lights and starts smoking it. You know... <laughs> I think she's going to make it. She's she's healing pretty fine. And I think eventually, you know, she might be able to... She might wake up soon. In fact, I think she's ready right now. And it's just... I oh, Everything about this movie I love. <laughs> just every... Yeah. I, I could quote this entire movie for days, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, have you seen any films lately? I got a few uh, stories to tell. Uh, I've been watching a lot of documentaries on the making of movies lately. That, okay. That's especially like animated ones because I got just on a kick of like watching uh, the like Disney uh, kind of documentaries on the making of movies. Uh, mostly okay. because somebody recommended one that he was like, this is like a documentary that like Disney didn't want released and it got leaked out and stuff like that on the making of uh, The Emperor's New Groove. And I was like, okay, I'll watch that. And I just ended up getting on like this trail of just watching other documentaries about like the making of other Disney movies, like The Lion King and Atlantis and, you know, uh, what was it treasure planet stuff like that i heard the story behind emperor's new groove is pretty interesting it is a little bit interesting to see kind of how it uh evolved from the original pitch to what we got and i think what we got is far more better than uh what was originally pitched for that movie i love that movie so much like that's one of those um eyeball that's a that's a cult favorite disney film that's a cold oh, yeah. disney favorite like like the cast just nails it out the park like david spade eartha kitt john goodman patrick war warburton like that that film nails it out the park yeah you were here to groove <laughs> it's one of those movies that you don't hear people bring up often but when it is brought up everybody unanimously agrees that was a great movie i put that on the same i put that on the same level as road to el dorado yes yeah, it's yeah. another movie that you don't really see brought up at all, but every time it's brought up, people go, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. That's a great movie. If you know, you know. That's pretty much what it is with that film, mm-hmm. with those two films. Um, that's great, man. Uh, you know, I recently saw the new um, the new Denzel Washington film, The Little Things, with uh, Jared Leto and Rami Malek. Um, did you see that yet? Not yet. Okay. Um, I, I do suggest you check it out just just to check it out for yourself. Um, you know, I the performances were good. Um, the story was solid. It's just the execution was a bit off. It felt like I was, it felt like I was watching my dad's version of Seven. Um, like 
it, it felt like a lesser seven. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll, you I'll, mentioned that before. Yeah. It felt I'll, like your dad's kind of movie, yeah. Well, I, I mean that metaphorically. Like, I mean, like, you know, like when people say, um, this ain't your grandma Snow White. You know, mm. I felt like I felt like this kind of was my grandma's seven. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the story was there. It's just the execution and the conclusion were kind of, well, meh. it is what it is. You know, like, it, it kind of meh. Um, Rami Malek is a great actor. I know that from Mr. Robot and um, Bohemian Rhapsody. But he, he shouldn't play a detective. Um, he he was the only one out of the three that I felt was a little off. Like like Jared Leto was great as the creepy suspect. Denzel was great as the veteran, you know, detective. Um, but Rami Malek, he he has too enigmatic of a look. Of he, his his look is naturally enigmatic. Um, that I don't think he him and Jared Leto should have switched places. Okay, because like, um, he just didn't give me the detective vibe. Like something just like something just seemed off about him when it's really just his. That's just how Rami looks. Rami fits well in a role that's just kind of like off center. Like he plays a hacker in Mr. Robot that has social anxiety. Like that's off center. You know, Freddie Mercury was a little off center with his, you know, eccentricness. There was nothing eccentric about this character. And I feel like that's where Rami works best. You know what I mean? Yeah, he Rami plays a very good like socially awkward kind of person right Uh, both in mr robot and bohemian rhapsody he kind of plays that kind of uh awkward person to be around or even on the opposite spectrum of that where he where maybe he's he's uh he is he is uh extroverted but he's a little too extroverted right i think rami is best in an off-center role his his role wasn't really off-center he was a regular by the book detective I'm like that doesn't really work for Rami. No, he definitely plays those characters that were outside of the bounds of like normal in some way. Yeah, like like I said, um, yeah. Overall, man, I give it, eh, I can give it a two point five out of five. But I would say watch oh, it's it. It's literally for like yourself. down the middle in terms of like movie. It is like, it is. Um, like I said, Denzel does a great job. Jared Leto does a great job. Um, you know, Jared was a little creepy, and that's what the role called for, and he did a good job. I'm always kind of iffy about Jared, but uh, he he delivered on this one. Um, the acting is good. The acting is good. I'd say watch it for the acting. The story is meh. Leaves more to be desired. A little bit. I mean, your, your questions are answered in the end, but eh. Seven did it better. Okay. That, that's Seven is a pretty good one. I, I like that movie. Dude, Seven, like I gotta say, man, um, that's one of those thrillers where it changed thrillers. There's, there's a, there's, there were thrillers before Seven and thrillers after Seven. Yeah. I feel like the little things had an opportunity to break new ground, but instead it chose to like be derivative of, of Seven. You know what I mean? Played it way it, too it, safe. But it's interesting because the script was written before Seven came out, the, when it was originally written. Um, yeah, it played it safe. It played it safe. Uh, and I, I feel like, you know, of course, a script can be revised up until today when it was finally made. Because uh, David Fincher's Mank was uh, written by his father long ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure he revised it up until now. Um, 
it was not a, it was not a bad movie. You know, I'm, I'm I'm sure you wouldn't be wrong to give it a three. I just felt like I was kind of like I was I was I wanted more. I felt like it played it safe. That's understandable, though, especially when like the acting is like perfect for a movie, but everything else kind of falters around it. It, it kind of does leave you going. This this feels like a waste. It wasn't a waste of my it wasn't a waste of my time. I'm glad I watched it. It just felt like eh, that's one of those films that were, you know, it was pretty solid in the moment. I wouldn't watch it again. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw that, and um, let me tell you about the bad movie. I'm, I'm gonna tell you about one bad movie, one good miniseries, and something I I got my wife to finally do. Um, so the bad movie I watched, and I think we should uh, replace this with Jujitsu in in retrospect. So I saw a, a straight to video on demand film with Bruce Willis called Trauma Center. Uh, Nikki Whalen, uh, she's in the film too, but she's the main character. Okay. So basically, uh, Nikki Whalen plays a woman who, um, you know, she's injured and she's a witness to a murder by these two uh, corrupt cops. One of them played by Tito Ortiz. You know who he is, right? Tito Ortiz. I think he's a UFC guy, ain't he? Hold up, let me make sure. Yeah, he's a UFC dude. You know him if you saw him. Uh, Oh, yeah, I recognize him. Yeah, anyway, he's... (laughs) It's so funny because the whole time he has the macho man face. So anyway, um, this woman ends up uh, in a hospital ward and um, the guy who was killed was Bruce Willis' partner. So he says, look, you're going to be okay. Just stay here. We got you in a um, protective space in the hospital. Of course, when Bruce Willis leaves to investigate what happens, the two corrupt cops show up and the whole film is her just trying to run away from them and them trying to find her and catch her because uh, the bullet that's in her uh has evidence that links them to the murder so of course they need her um you know it's how much is bruce willis actually in this movie then if most of it's just her running away that's what i was going to tell you this this breaks the same rule that it did with Nicolas cage but this film gets out of it because it's actually uh i mean it's it's kind of a bad movie but it's entertaining Mm -hmm. I, i i was i was engaged with it it's not totally bad it was all right but Bruce Willis is phoning it in. He's only he's only in less than half the movie. Like R- like um <laughs> That's the thing with Bruce Willis now is he seems to be phoning in like every like he has some amazing movies, but everything lately he's just been completely phoning it in. Let me tell you something, man. When I was watching this film with my wife, uh she says when she chose it, "Oh, I like him. He's diehard." I'm like he ain't he ain't die hard no more, sweetie. He's like no no he doesn't pick bad movies. So she turns on Trauma Center, and one of the first scenes with Bruce Willis, he just straight up phones it in like, so what happened? You telling me he got shot? What now, John? I'm leaving work. Look, just just log look just do the paperwork and I can go. And I'm looking at my wife. Is he is he still Mr. Die Hard? Well, maybe maybe he was just having an off day that day of shooting. <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah, he's been. So he's phoning it in. He's been phoning it in for the last couple of years. Uh, I'm, like even the movies that you expect him to not phone it in, like uh, Glass, he still phones it in. Yeah, yeah, he was phoning it in in Glass, which is sad because Glass is a big budget movie. I feel if you were getting paid more, 
you would yeah. do more, more than phoning it in. Not only that, but he know? always like praises working with M. Night Shyamalan. And right. it, it, even with that movie, he was still phoning it in. It's like, ah, does he even know how to act anymore? Does he think he that this ph- is acting? Which is which is crazy because he didn't phoning it phoning in when Unbreakable. That's one of his best movies. Yeah, you know but that was also um, like a decade before Glass. Right, Sixth Sense. He didn't phone it in in that movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he knows um, how to act, but did he just forget in like the last five six years? I'm gonna tell you this, man. Some actors they kind of just like they they either look at it like it's a job and they just give it their all every time, like you should, like you do at work. Like Nick Cage, just get, he looks at it like a job. And he gives it his all. Al Pacino mm-hmm. and De Niro, they're still going strong. They get, they still give it their all. Or you look at it like it's a job, and you just kind of just show up because your name's on the marquee. I think Bruce Willis just shows up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I got to give respect to the main actress in the film because she actually gave a good performance in a so-so film. She she was actually committed to her performance, um, Nikki Whalen. So I think if she gets anything beyond this, she she might end up. She 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 uh she she was she was dedicated to her performance. Um but overall, man, this is how you could tell Bruce Willis was phoning it in <laughs> towards the end of the film, and I'm not really giving anything away here, but towards when the main showdown happens and she, you know, she's victorious, he comes in with the gun like, I told you you'd be alright, kid. Wait here, I'm gonna go get the cops. And he just walks away. I'm like, dude, where were you for the last 50 minutes when this woman was running for her life? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Trauma Center. Not a bad so film. Was, was it, it trying to be a bad movie or was it just, it ended up being a bad movie? Was it more it on the ended- jujitsu side or Velocipaster side? No, you, you could tell they were really trying to make an effective thriller. And like I said, her performance saves the film. Um, but it was just a regular straight to DVD like thriller, you know. It w- it was trying to be more, but you know, you 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 work with what you get. Right. It, it was solid. It wasn't horrible. Oh, okay. this was more. It was more enjoyable than jujitsu. I wasn't looking at my phone the whole time. Some scenes, yeah. Bruce Willis scenes, I was looking at my phone. <laughs> but you know, most of the film, I was like, all right, I'm engaged with this. But were um, you looking at your phone, looking up when did Bruce Willis forget how to act? <laughs> You know, <laughs> no, I didn't. But, um, dude, I forgot how funny Bruce Willis can be. I looked at, I looked uh, on Disney Plus. I looked up this one film from my childhood. Um, you might remember it, The Kid. The Kid, where it was Bruce Willis. He had to take care of his younger self. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. He. That's a pretty. He. He. Look. Bruce Willis is funny when he's really committed, dude. He he was he was good for that Disney film. Like he 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 brought charm to his performance, and the little kid did too. Um, yeah, man. I don't know, man. I think he just shows up, dude. I think he just shows up, cause from what I hear, and I like Eli Roth, but I didn't see Death Wish. I heard Death Wish wasn't even that good. I don't. Did think... you see it? No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like and I look like I love Live Free or Die Hard, but I never saw It's a Good Day to Die Hard. I was worried about that movie. Uh I I've seen all the Die Hard. I think Live Free or Die Hard is probably one of the last like good ones, in my opinion. Yeah. That was really good. The have you seen It's a Good Day to Die Hard with him and his him and uh, the character's son? Uh I have seen it. I don't remember much from it though. 
because I know I've seen all the Die Hard movies because I've, you know, binged through them all with people a couple times and everything like that and saw them all when they were in theaters and because they're Die Hard. You, you gotta. Right. Right. Die Hard is entertaining. Um, yeah, yeah. It's okay movie. Trauma Center, not bad. Better than Jujitsu. Okay movie. Um, a mini series I saw. Dude, uh, I don't know how I let this film get under the radar with me, but um, I saw a mini series that was on FX called Devs, D E V S. D E V S. I've Bro, never heard of that one. I, I don't know if you got Hulu, but I would say immediately watch this show because I know you would love it. Um, it was on FX. Uh, Nick Offerman is in it. Um, you know my man from Parks and Rec. Yeah. So basically, it it it's, it revolves around this woman who's trying to prove, who's trying to understand, um, solve the mystery of her uh, boyfriend's disappearance. Who um, last time he was seen, he um, they work at this tech company. The tech company is ran by Nick Offerman's character. But um, her boyfriend was recently selected to join this secret program at their company. And after that, he disappeared. And she's trying to like understand the mystery behind that. And do like as the series un- as the series goes further and it unwinds. Um, it's just a brilliant sci-fi series, dude. It's a uh, each episode written and directed by Alex Garland, who made um you know Ex Machina. You know he wrote um, okay. Twenty Eight Days Later, Sunshine. Dude, this is like I put like I put this up there with Annihilation. I need to finish Ex Machina, but Annihilation. I know I love that movie. I put this up. I think it's better than Annihilation, dude. Like the pacing, the cinematography, the directing, I would recommend it. Yeah, it like looks like it's the... only eight episodes too, so that's a really short series. Oh, dude, I finished it in two days. It's one of the best miniseries I've ever seen. It, does it actually have a conclusion, or does it feel like something that they were expecting to get another season out of? Oh, it has a conclusion. It's it's a one time. It's a, it's a lim- It's a one time thing. Okay. Like it, it. Yeah. There's no. So they got to tell the full story then. Definitely. And okay. like, um, this is something you love to see, dude. When you have a director like Alex Garland or whoever it is, they're given a budget and they're given like you could tell he had creative freedom on this show. And when it's someone like that that's up to the job and that can deliver, like it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Like it's what it's the kind of thing that that equates television to cinema. Um, yeah, you gotta watch this dude because I know you would love this 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 show. Yeah, I added it to my watch list on Hulu. Yeah, in fact, after this, you should watch episode one right a- after this episode. As soon as the microphone goes down, <laughs> just pop it dude, open. I'm telling you, you will love this. Like this, I said, this is a Brad show, man. Brad it, will love this. If I'm gonna love it, then I need to start watching it. Probably, you know after work tomorrow or something or else I'm going to be up until, you know, almost midnight watching it. Hey man, you, you, hey, if you, if you start it today, you'll end it today. Eight, uh, eight episodes, you'll end it. Um, that's true. Well, that's me, only like four hours. Cause each episode I assume is only a half an hour. Uh, no, no, it's an hour. Well, I mean, taking out commercials, 40 minutes, you know, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, great show. Great show. Um, but I finally convinced my wife to, uh, to like Star Wars. With Mandalorian or? So here's the thing. Um, I didn't want to start a show just yet. So we watched Rogue One. 
But let me let me give the people some background. Um, my wife is not a Star Wars woman, but that's because she kind of had like a bad introduction. Like she started with, I think, The Last Jedi, which is a movie I like. But if you're just getting into Star Wars, it's not the way to start. No, like it's she, got too much weird like exposition that doesn't matter about anything else. And it's got a lot of subplots that uh, are from different stories and everything like that from the other movie. It's it's a weird point to jump in. Yeah, she didn't understand what was going on. Therefore, the movie was not good to her. She just did not understand what was going on. So um, to this point, she said, eh, Star Wars, that ain't for me. That's like that's that's like that's for like nerds. I'm like, well, just give it a chance. Nope, not doing it. So finally, I said, look, 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 look you and I are going to sit together and we're going to watch Rogue One. I wanted to start with Mandalorian, but I figured Rogue One is a great thing where it's like you don't need to know about Star Wars to enjoy that film because it's really before everything. Well, it's yeah. not before the prequel films, but it's it's a great starting point just to like be introduced. So it was my first time watching Rogue One. Um, not bad. Overall, pretty good movie. was a little boring in parts, but I feel like it's the best Star Wars film in terms of tone. Because the tone is so different from the others. Right. It's it's not, you know, dun, 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 dun. it has its own style to it. That's what I like most about Rogue One. Um... So I showed her that, and you know, halfway through, she's like, "Okay, you know, so far this is like a two point five, which you know, that's good for my wife because Last Jedi was a zero to her because mm-hmm. she didn't understand what was going on. Right. By the by the end, it became a three, but she was like, "Okay, yeah, maybe Star Wars is cool, but w- what was the deal with that chick at the end? Who's that?" Then I had to explain, "Oh, you know, that's Princess Leia," and she was like, "What happens next?" I was like, well, you know, it's a whole thing. You kind of got to jump into it. She says, I want to know what happens next. So, so you're going to start episode four? Or? Right. So so that's that's when I turned on A New Hope. And, you know, um, <laughs> here's where you got a little bit of a culture clash. Um, when that film started, she says, dude, this looks really outdated. I'm like, yeah, this was made, this was made in the 70s. I'm like, she's like, the film we just watched was made recently, right? I was like, yeah, but you gotta understand, it's a chronological thing. And back then, when I first when I first saw these films, they weren't four through six; they were just straight up Star Wars trilogy. And and it would it was too confusing to explain it to her, so I just said, just sit down and watch. <laughs> so I, I went to sleep. So I don't know how she liked it. I, I think she liked the movie, but it, it helped that it started off right where Rogue One ended, because mm-hmm. she kind of had an understanding of what was going on. So um. Yeah, man, I pulled off the impossible. I got my wife to have respect for Star Wars. Well, that's a good start. Now to get her through the rest of the original trilogy and then the prequels and then the new trilogy. and You know, I think I'm going to just have her watch the original films because when you get into the prequels, I, I don't know. I feel like that's the real test if you're really going to stick around because... They get dude, pretty got, bad. <laughs> Yeah, they do. I, I listen. Directing wise, I feel like George Lucas did a great job directing those films. Um, but story wise, I it's something you really gotta lag. You gotta you gotta lag through. Yeah, he definitely needed some other people on the writing team for those ones. He shouldn't have been in full control of the story. Yeah. Well, um, in movie news, what some things we heard of? Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah comes on HBO Max. This uh, this upcoming uh, what is it? Friday, 
Yeah, I'm not paying attention to really anything HBO Max right now. I, I know that uh, Godzilla vs. Monkey and uh, the Justice League movie are coming up in March. Yeah, mm-hmm. March. Uh, that That's basically all I know. And even then, I, I've still... I have real hype for Godzilla versus uh, King Kong, but I have hype for seeing that in a theater, not for seeing that on HBO. Man, so you're just you're just you're just totally checked out. You're like, eh, if it comes out, it comes out. Kind of more or less, because uh, that one it's not one movie that I'm gonna watch uh, in my theater room or anything like that. I want to see that one in a theater, and. Even if I had to drive down to Ohio because things close back up here again, because right now they're open, but we'll see how that lasts because we still have a month and uh, basically a month and a half before that comes out. So you know, we'll I, see. I, I, I've come to terms with it, man. I've come to terms with it. Uh, COVID, um, as much as we're working to get rid of it, it, it might be around for a while, and I've come to terms with it. Uh, I'm patient. I'm yeah. patient. You know, there will be a time when things do go back to normal. Um, but right now, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm a patient cinephile that's watching stuff on my big screen TV. Yeah, that's I, really all I can do. Honestly, I just miss movie screenings because those were always so yeah. nice to go to. And mm-hmm. we don't have that anymore. Like even the movies that we've gotten like pre-screening access to now, uh, which is very few and far between, because there's really nothing releasing <laughs> it, it's yeah. still it doesn't feel the same watching it at home i i think it's a matter of like like changing like rewiring your thinking like i had to see tenant in in theaters and i'm and i'm glad i did and i and i hope you enjoy godzilla versus kong in theaters but after tenant i was like okay i can rewire my thinking and be like anything else that comes out i'm i'm willing to watch it from home right um, have you? Are you still haven't seen Tenet yet, man? Not yet. I know that the Blu-ray came out and everything for it. I just gotta pick it up and everything because uh, it came out in 4K. I just gotta pick it up. Hmm. Um, I guess like with that movie, like the hype of seeing it in the theaters kind of ran down. Now that it's like just on DVD Blu-ray, it's kind of just going. Well, yeah. When, when I notice it at the store next time i go there i guess i'll pick it up yeah like um here's what i think man um when i watched um man i forgot what i was gonna say um oh promising young woman when that film was available to be watched on demand and i and i saw it um, I, I said to myself, man, I would have liked to see this in theaters, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm watching it now because it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's all about rewiring your thinking. But um, with Justice League news, um, it's official. Zack Snyder has the green light. He has the R-rated green light. I feel like that was kind of Gimmicky. expected. Oh. Yeah. Like, I know that... Uh, it's not gonna change anything like even when uh batman v superman got the unrated cut it didn't really change anything 
So I don't think the R rating is really anything more than kind of marketing and we kind of expected it because there's probably going to be like one or two scenes that it uses mm-hmm. and that's going to be it. It's not going to be like a full R-rated movie. Yeah. Um, my stance hasn't changed. I, I just want to see this movie once and for all to see if it's good. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, watch it. I'm not excited for it. You know, I'm not like counting down the minutes until it goes up. But you know at what? the same time, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I think. I think I've heard when you hear so much about something, you're like, you know what? I'll, I'll wait for this. I'm excited because I, I want to see what it all leads up to. Um, this will be my first time watching Justice League through the director's cut, so I feel like you know what? I guess I'm lucking out here. I, I'm excited. See, I want it to be a success because I want to see this kind of thing happen for other movies that kind of got super cut by right. the studio and letting the director kind of get their vision out there. Because uh, it's very rare that we get this kind of opportunity. So I want it to be successful for that reason. But I don't have too much hope in the movie itself. You hear so many stories. You hear, like, the New Mutants had a director's cut that the uh, the direct that uh, you know Fox cut and shortened and made it to what it was. You hear Suicide Squad had a director's cut. You hear so many stories, and it's like mm-hmm. you, you know what? Why don't you show us these cuts and let us make the decision if these were good or not? Or even like the you know? uh, Fantastic Four movie by uh, right Josh Trank by Trank. Yeah, uh, he says that the movie that released was not his movie. You know, and. I want to know what was his cut. Was it any better or was it far worse? I don't know which it is, but you know, I'd like to see it still. This will separate the real from the bullshit. Show us the director's cut. Let me see what they're talking about. Yeah. Because there have been more times when the director's right than when they're wrong. Ridley Scott said for the longest, listen, man, my director's cut of kingdom of heaven is better than what you saw. And when that came out, people were like, Oh, Ridley was right. My mm-hmm. cut of Blade Runner is better than what you saw. Ridley was right. You know, uh, we've seen more instances where the director's cut is better. You know, so. And then we've also seen the instances where the director's cut just adds a scene or two, and then it's right. pretty much and the same it. movie. Yeah. So I, I'm curious. I want to succeed because I want us to be able to get more of those, like, here's what I envisioned kind of things. And hopefully we can get that especially with streaming and everything like that because that gives another avenue for releasing these movies for another time mm-hmm. so we'll see how it all works out it we've we've got a month and a half left before that one releases or a month and like a week because that one comes out like the 18th of march yeah uh yeah i, I believe so um one other thing too cbs all access is now going to be paramount Wait, 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 ho, ho, ho. Yeah, 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 yeah. CBS All Access is merging with Paramount. Um, listen, man, I, I I think these things where these channels are becoming like, you know, BET Plus, FX on Hulu or FX Plus, I think that it's a good thing, but it's also kind of like unnecessary because the plus side is it could push cable out the way. You know what? Whatever channel you like best, you can get it strictly by itself. HBO Max, you can get it strictly by itself and stick with that. Mm-hmm. It's also a bad thing because now you got to buy a lot of streaming services and then it's going to equal up to another cable bill. 
Yeah. Like, what do you think about all this, man? I, I'm not a fan of like everybody having their own streaming service. I remember when you know it became Netflix and then Hulu added in, and it was like, okay, well, I guess I have a subscription to two places, and it, it's just been insane since then because then you have Amazon Prime, you have Disney Plus, HBO Max now, uh, you have Peacock, you have uh, it, basically every channel has their own streaming service now. Dude, the only thing Peacock has going for it is that it has The Office now. That's the only thing Peacock has going for it. But their streaming quality is so bad on it. You might as well just watch like the YouTube uh, TV rip that somebody uploaded. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, look, man, I don't with Hulu. I don't I don't really like I like Hulu's programming, but um, I don't really like Hulu in general. I don't like ads, man. I do not like advertisements. See, I have Hulu just with uh, Spotify. So I pay the $10 a month and I have Spotify and Hulu. Okay. You you still got ads or or is it ad-free? Yeah, it's still with ads though, sadly. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm paying for Amazon Prime with my my Metro PCS bill. And I love Amazon Prime, you know, because there's no commercials unless you're watching IMDB TV or something. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, like the commercials don't go that long with Hulu. It's like I'm watching two minutes of commercials and there's like six commercial breaks in one episode. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't I don't want this. Yeah, it's definitely I, I'm not a fan of the whole with ads kind of business model that Hulu has. Uh, it, yeah. If I wanted to watch it for free with ads, that should be a thing. But paying for it with ads that it doesn't make sense to me as to why they're doing that. But obviously the business model works because they're making money from the ads plus people paying the subscription. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is what it is. Um, all right, folks. Uh, this has been another episode of double feature versus, well, we will catch y'all next time. <laughs>